0: Hello there and welcome to the second part of the episode, The Big Picture, where we discuss and still have a very fun conversation about the different films and how we appreciate and move on about seeing the different things that the whole cinema industry has to offer us.
1: Unfortunately for this part of the episode, our recording system decided to, uh, let's say, give up on us and delete certain parts of the conversation so yeah this episode is gonna sound a little heavily edited again next time this is not gonna happen
0: yeah we'll figure out some ways we'll figure out a
1: better we'll figure out a better way to record our stuff yes
0: so yeah with that being said let's move on to the episode
2: you know stepping stepping back to the previous question about how uh, we hated movies that other people loved it works the other way around as well you know, movies that we absolutely allowed and we recommend to other people and they're like, what the fuck did I watch?
1: What is this?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, like, from a very, very hard lesson learned, we are very careful about the people we make movie recommendations to. You know, once you see someone, you are capable of, and you spend, like, a week or something with them or a couple of days with them, you know, you'd be able to understand what kind of movies they could handle. And what kind of movies where, you know, you know, if you gave them this and they gave a bad review, you would just go to jail, you know, I'm not going to risk that with someone because I don't think we'd recommend a movie to someone who we felt like they couldn't understand it. No.
4: Yeah, you obviously, like, we we are very prejudiced with our movie recommendations, you know, like, we have to analyze who this person is, like, what kind of films they already like, you know. I, I honestly think we have a better algorithm than Amazon Prime Video or Netflix on. Yeah. Very, like, very... The stuff we recommend, wow. yeah, it's very specific to an individual. I mean, we, we get to know about what they went through in life, you know, like, uh, how their relationships and all are. And based on that, we kind of recommend films for them.
2: You know, I try to do that a lot too. But even then, you know, people like Kaufman—they're like super wild card. They like something like um, never. Have, I mean, I'm thinking of ending things, and you'd recommend them adaptation or something, and they're like, "Why was this movie?" <laughs> I,
4: I
1: I think I, I think there's like there are people who just simply don't give a shit about that, and will like show you any like when 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 it comes like movies that you can handle, like. I was once shown uh, what is that Gaspar No movie? Climax. <laughs> and I, I had no idea what I was getting into. And have you guys seen the movie Climax? Yes. Yeah. So I had Climax. no idea what I was getting into, and like, inst- rather than them knowing about me, I knew about what kind of people I was watching the movie with. <laughs> because they were like, "Bro, this is, bro, this is an amazing movie. We should watch." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> and we watched it. So yeah, I mean, it makes it makes kind of sense to, to go the other way around.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so this incident happened a couple of weeks ago, um, actually. A junior of mine uh, asked for a horror movie recommendation. I was like, uh, she was like, throw your best shot at me. And I was thinking of things and I recommended things like, um, I think Antichrist and stuff. And then there was <laughs> Rohan and I, and we, we, we brought up Salo. What, uh. 20 days of Sodom? And we were like, this is good cinema, but then we cannot recommend you to watch this. We, we are not, we, we have plausible deniability when you are no, recommending.
1: Meanwhile, you. you straight up asked me to watch it. You are like, bro, what's Salo. You straight up told me to watch
2: <laughs> I think you can handle oh. Salo.
1: Okay.
2: I just, wow. saw, the, I just wow. saw the
1: description <laughs> and like Sallow or the 20, 20 days of Soda. I'm like, nope, not watching this. Nope.
0: <laughs> bro, this, this incident happened with the film marathon that we did and watching Persona. Like, it was like so confusing. I remember me and Chris sitting next um, to each bro, other and then we, we were like, 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 what is this we movie?
1: We also didn't have <laughs> enough sleep to like process... Like we had like three or four yeah, hours exactly. of sleep, and we were just looking at persona. Like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> we, I, I want to watch that movie again. I, I want to watch that movie again. But, uh, no, I, I it was either too, it, it was either too deep, too deep and dense for me, or like I don't know. I just don't know why, what, 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 whether it was an external factor or an internal factor.
0: See, but from what I could gather from watching the movie on the first glance, I was like it was a really good movie. The first twenty or thirty minutes or so, I completely understood. After that, I just zoned out completely because of me being tired for like so many hours. And then I was like, okay, what is happening now? And then I, after the end, I was like, okay, wait, what's happening? I have no idea what's happening. But right? it was a really good movie, though. But again, film recommendation, recommending films to people is kind of tough. But guess what? Uh, that's what we do here. We recommend nice, some good
2: nice
0: cinema. Nice <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we need to, recommend we are recommending good cinema to people. But before we actually go about the recommendation, there's this one thing that people usually kind of stray into, which is, like, when they watch cinema, some people appreciate the good things and some appreciate the bad things as well. They say, like, critical, being critical to a film, which I kind of agree to, Like if it's a bad cinema, you can say it's bad and then you have to say how they could have improved upon. But then there's something called mindless analysis as well. Like they just analyze everything and they're like, there's no point of analyzing such things. So what's your thought on those? Like appreciating a a film versus mindless analysis. How do we not do the latter and do the former?
4: Okay. Uh, So... Uh, if you ask me like for any film, a good film, a bad film, a masterpiece or a complete flop, whatever it is, never analyze or try to understand what is happening on the film. I mean, you guys were talking about personal and uh, if I tried to sit there and decipher what was happening the first time I watched it, obviously it would have driven me crazy. because It, it shouldn't make sense if it's actually... Genuinely complex and it its intention is not to confuse the audience. I appreciate that movie, but then movie or TV series, whatever it is, but then If it, if it intentionally tries to confuse the audience, I don't respect that work because it shouldn't be like that, you know, like uh, Let's take the example of prestige prestige doesn't intend to confuse the audience. I mean would be his intention, but I don't know, but it is genuinely uh, you know, it has that level of complexity to it that you actually don't want to get confused, but you end up getting confused. So yeah, so finding out what is bad about a particular work is also an essential part of appreciating work of film. About. See
0: this type of confusion I have always seen in these uh, non-linear movies that don't follow a linear timeline that skip around different times show you different shots and then come back and then at the end it's revealed to be how you are intended to be and that kind of puts off so many people I guess uh, Radha would love to talk about this movie called Kimino Nawa which also has that effect I'm really sorry for bringing it up on every episode but it also has that non-linear effect timeline as such and uh, that received great appreciation
2: mean, see, it isn't
0: as linear as you thought it would be it kind ah, of like ah, a bit jumps around here and there and then the movie eternal sunshine of a spotless mind also works that way it has that non-linear timeline even oh, Neeram yeah, yeah, yeah the Tamil movie or Malayalam I don't remember the original language it was made, oh, it was
1: made in both movies I'm not sure it was made it was
0: made in Tamil yeah so Neeram also has that effect but people don't actually want to watch such non-linear movies because it's kind of confusing for them but those movies are really good so I guess that is the effect of, effect of people not going for watching such kind of good cinema as well I, I remember some interview also where some directors also said the same thing
1: I think that there's this one uh there's this again, same Nolan movie, not prestige, the one that uh, directly inspired uh, in Gajini. Memento. Memento, memento. memento. yeah, memento. memento. Ah. How that it has a very it has a very it's non-linear, but it's still sort of it has a structure to that non-linearity, if that makes sense. Hmm.
2: That that is a no, that that's not even non It it's kind of linear, but in a
1: huh exactly yeah it's it has this it has this structure to it like it's not it's not a goes to b, but like it's still no,
4: uh, so to make things clearer about memento, we have to kind of observe it from the protagonist's perspective itself like it's it's about a guy not being able to remember things that happened to him in a particular order, and you are exactly in his shoes trying to you know make sense of things that actually happened to him, you know. So you face the same level of ambiguity about the events that unfolded in his life. And at the same time, you are trying to make sense out of it. So, yeah, that is the intention of the creator.
3: Yeah, I think if non-linearity plays well with the character on screen, you're not really going to feel the effect of having the burden on you to understand the film. Rather, the the film will speak to you on its own. I mean... uh, I know non-linearity is a little hard to follow, which is true, but I think, I mean, several movies uh, you played out from uh, from beginning till the end, I mean, depending on their types of ambiguity, uh, I think would have mindless effects on you. I mean, have you have any of you here seen Eraser Head by David Lynch?
1: No, I haven't. I haven't. No, I, I haven't. have to watch it because i think melvin
4: talked about you know someone yes about melvin, it. Yeah, yeah. melvin was
3: talking what about it. did you understand when you saw Eraserhead? razor head
4: no i don't think even david lynch understood what <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. no, no don't yeah. get me wrong because it's such a beautiful beautiful film okay i mean it's visually very disgusting but at the same time it's it's a beautiful film you know it 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 is a dream basically it, it it's it's exactly how you'd remember a dream you won't know the head and tail of it but still you, you remember images from it and you remember symbols and you you remember what you were going through when you were dreaming, right? So yeah, that's how eraser head works. And that works well because of the nonlinear linear uh, structure that Raoul mentioned. So yeah. And more I than eraser head so I'd like David Lynch to
2: lens doesn't need the nonlinear structure to, you know, keep people away from his movies. A lot of people have an aversion, straight up aversion towards his movies because of the content.
4: I mean, no, it's all about using that you can't even property.
2: explain it to them how this matters and how this is beautiful cinema that's
4: yeah no uh, we were talking about how non linear structure doesn't work for certain films i mean you have to consider the films that entirely dependent or you know depended on this particular structure like uh, take reservoir dogs for an example if you actually watch the film in chronological order it won't be that you know that great of a film to be honest i mean uh, if you just shuffle things to an entirely different way, it doesn't make sense, right? It, it's not cinematic. It, it, you'll get the, you'll understand the story, you'll understand what's happening. You might not feel the same emotion that you feel when you watch it in the order that Quentin Tarantino intended for you to watch. Same thing goes for his other films as well. It's all about that structure that gives you the sense of, uh, you know, exhilaration when.
0: But yeah, like you said, it, some some movies or some stories does not need the whole non-linearity thing. And I was watching this uh, YouTube video that Sanjay sent me, which was uh, Michigan's, director Mishkin's uh, video on how to appreciate films. And then he says one quote that I absolutely love. It was from, uh, I don't remember the origin, it was from Japan or Germany, I don't remember, but he says that uh, a poem can be written in like a hundred pages, but you can write the same poem in three lines in the form of an high So mm-hmm. that's how like cinema is to be viewed, like the simplicity of the cinema. And then he gives the example of Shawshank Redemption and the movie that it was kind of inspired from. A Man's Escape. I don't remember the exact name. Amaranth. Was it that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. He gives the example. What, and then movie? He gives what this...
1: movie? What's the name of the movie?
0: A man's escape.
4: A man's escape. Robert Brassohn. man's escape. Oh. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was kind of the inspiration for like uh, Shawshank Redemption. And then he gives this one shot where uh, in Shawshank Redemption, you can see like the drone shot of the whole prison. Like they show the whole prison and how many people are there, what all is needed. And then in a the man's escape, they just show you a prison board, the, the gate, the cell, and then that's it. And then he gives, he says that... It can be viewed such in such simple ways, and you don't have to have so many cluster of things for you to make good cinema. You can have simplicity, and then that's what most most good cinema has in them that very simplicity feeling of in the in the whole film
3: uh simplicity though, like i mean in in the case of Robert Bresson himself, I think Robert Bresson sometimes becomes too minimalistic to a point where I mean, Check out this movie of his called Pickpocket. I think Pickpocket came out in 1959. Yeah, 1959 is when Pickpocket... It's around like an hour long. And I'm not kidding when I say this. I was having breathing difficulties while watching that movie.
4: Yeah, it's very claustrophobic. Yeah.
3: The, yes, the, yeah, exactly. That, that's what I was looking for. The movie makes you feel claustrophobic because there's, it's minimal to a point where you feel like there's absolutely nothing essential on screen. And oftentimes, even if there's like one or probably like more than one character on screen, you start feeling claustrophobic as, you know, a viewing member of the audience. Sitting through that one hour of pickpocket is honestly, it it, it is something you have to dedicate.
1: To. Bringing back to the top, I'm just bringing back the topic of the like analysis of a movie. Some people, you know, kind of try to find the techniques, etc, etc, etc. But then most, there's this also, what I think is most people try to do this so that when they so when i watch a movie when someone watches a movie for the first time they watch it like as is right without thinking much just like watching the movie and there are some the next the second or the third watch that you do usually is like you trying to figure out you know what something that is you know different about the movie something that made that hooked you to the movie but made made you watch it a second time and that's when you like start to get you know certain certain techniques so i think there's like couple of mo- a bunch of movies out there that you know revolutionizes uh some sort of you know technique or style or etc etc so what do you think are some examples of such movies that you know breakthrough movies
4: um actually see uh if you think about it we have to differentiate between film appreciation and film history because uh let's say film history is what you were talking about in the end, right, uh, right. you know, like uh, trying to find out who did what first. Mm. Uh, we can keep talking about the French new wave of the 1950s and 60s and there was the Italian new realism and, uh, and even recently we have the post 2000 Korean cinema that dominates, you know, the rest of foreign languages. Mm. But uh, this is all completely from an analytical standpoint. Um, Let's say you don't have to understand what's going on in a film by Godard or Bresson, you know. But Mm. still, as a film student or as a cinephile, you have to watch all this that happened in the beginning to understand how they started it, how it all started. It's basically like studying general history of the world. You have to know what happened in your country before you actually, you know, you were born to try to make sense of what is happening right now. That's the same thing that applies for uh, film history as well. You need to know what the original masters did and using that, how you can change uh, what is happening right now, you know. And it's it's basically like this, you have to learn the rules first and then you have to learn how to break the rules. That's how it works for a filmmaker, you know. So when you're doing that, uh, that is where film history comes into the picture. Now film appreciation, what I mean by the difference here is that. Uh, let's say you have a particular film, you know, your favorite film. This movie doesn't have to be, you know, like uh, a masterpiece. It doesn't have to be Citizen Kane. It doesn't have to be The Godfather. But then there is, we all have this one particular film that we keep going back to. Like, let's say you had a very rough day, and you come back home, and you just feel like rewatching this movie. You know, it, it's not exactly entertaining. It's it's not exactly an art house film, but at the same time. This is your film, you know that. So, wh- this is the first step to film appreciation actually. You have to start, you know, you know. You have to try to understand what makes you come back to the film. What, uh, for some people it, it might be the music, for some people it might be the cinematography, for some it might be the performance. For most people it's actually the music and performance, if honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to try to decipher, okay, this is why I'm coming back. There is some magic happening here. And it's, it's not exactly inexplicable. There There's always some sort of a background explanation for that. That's how, you know, this film, uh, you know, like, keeps pulling you back to, towards it. That is film appreciation. And if you're trying to uh, actually talk about films from an analytical standpoint, you have to know what happened in the, in the 50s, 60s or even 20s and 30s for that matter. We are skipping through a lot of decades, actually. So, each so decade you're saying it's like,
1: it's not necessary to, like, know this to appreciate a movie but it would kind of assist in it right
4: definitely yeah like uh, like i said uh, if you're trying to make sense why a movie means so much to you personally you have to approach it from this appreciation standpoint and if you want to analyze and try to understand who did what first you have to talk about film history that's the difference here because uh, if you talk about film appreciation in general because this is a definition that i am giving But film appreciation in general, it talks about a lot of concepts. It has formalism, realism, postmodernism and a lot of complex stuff. Uh, But then, if you think about it, it's all very simple. Like realism is just trying to uh, stay real to whatever has happened before or whatever is happening. Like as realistic as possible. And formalism is like following a studio technique. And even people who don't understand the concept of formalism, a regular audience of today for example, If you make them sit and uh, watch a particular movie, they know for a fact that this was taken in a studio setup. This was taken uh, in a very homemade, independent uh, vibe, you know. So that's how it works. We know these concepts in depth beforehand, but then we have to uh, try to study these concepts in detail to understand how it's actually playing out in the film. Actually, I thought of an analogy for this. Uh, So, we've seen people in museums, right? Uh, We have these uh, curators in museums. What they do is that uh, they kind of stand in front of a painting. They try to analyze the technique, like they try to analyze the colors, what the artist is trying to convey and all that. But before that, whoever actually sees the painting for the first time, they have to stand there and absorb the painting completely. Like, they have to feel the emotion that the whole image tries to you know evoke. So that's how it works. So after a couple of times, you obviously when, when you've seen around a hundred or thousand paintings, you'll get an idea that uh, okay, uh, this is the difference between these three paintings and uh, how the, uh, how these make a difference as a concept like let's say uh, you know impressionism, uh, abstract abstract mm. paintings and stuff you know mm. Th- that's about it. Like you have to keep getting exposed to more and more content. And that's how you'll we'll know the difference. Actually,
1: that that makes sense. That that is like a an, a nice analogy. And um, but Sandeep just wanted to ask, what was the movie that what was like the movie that you watched that made you realize, you know, oh shit, there's more to it than what what was the movie for you?
4: Okay. I think it was the Godfather or Goodfellas, whichever one I watched first in hostel. I actually watched it with Rahul and. Uh, which which one did we watch first?
3: Uh, I think we watched Goodfellas first.
4: Okay. Yeah.
3: Right. And then after that, you know, you just, we lost you after Goodfellas.
4: <laughs> Light change <laughs> after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because of that movie, I have lung cancer now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cannot relate. No, that movie just cancels out all non-smoke, you know, no smoking ads and stuff, you know? Like there's that, just one sequence in that film that just ruins everything for you. There's no going back to a sober, clean lifestyle. <laughs> what
1: okay. do you, what was it for you?
4: Okay. For me, I guess uh,
0: it was this uh, film that came out on 20, came out in 2018, which was called Sometimes. I guess I'm saying it right. Yeah, Sometimes. It came out on 2018 on Netflix. It, it was actually nominated for uh, Golden Globes. Uh, it was not nominated. It was shortlisted for Golden Globes. But it wasn't nominated as such. And I remember uh, it was in quarantine that I watched this. I was watching it with my family. And my family was like, okay, what is this film? It, it isn't so much. But then that film really stuck with me. Like for the next two or four hours or something, I was just thinking about that whole movie. And the plot was very simple. It was just in one room. There are six people. And then it's just... Whatever happens, the emotion, the raw emotions of those people in those certain situations, it's just that. And that movie, it's, it kind of made me realize, okay, what I'm I'm actually missing out on. Because I don't think many people even know about that kind of short film that came out, sometime came out.
2: So, yeah. Living is what you're doing. missing out on. Oh, okay.
0: We did not go back there. See, the problem with me is whenever something is like too hyped up, people say, okay, it is one of the best, you have to watch it, I don't watch that. Okay, that's kind of an issue with me, but yeah. I, I probably will sometimes, Sanjay. I probably will watch it.
1: I think, rather, does Toy Story count? for <laughs> You?
3: Uh, as the movie that changed me? Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's not Toy Story. I think the movie that changed me would be The Dark Knight. I've, I mean, since the day I've seen it, I've just worn black, seen black, and only known black. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's i think it yeah it goes back to like when i was 11 years old and i think yes that would have been something because you know until then when i saw movies i saw a movie i came back home but i felt something when i saw that for the first time ever and you know you don't quite realize what it is you felt but you realize i realized the last time i saw batman running across with you know Pro- commissioner gordon Calling him a silent guardian, I realized something was never going to be the same for me ever again.
1: Sanjay, what was the movie for you?
2: For me, that movie would once again be 2001: A Space Odyssey. Okay. Um, as a kid, in 11th to 12th grade, I was made to watch that movie, and um, I honestly found the movie boring. Then after coming to college, finding the right people and uh, Watching a few hundred more movies, and when I watched it again, I could see that how I had missed a lot of detail when I watched it the first time. That, that's how I started watching more and more and more movies. And uh, I, I was dumb back then, and I, I keep you know revisiting 2001 once in a while just to remind me how dumb I was back. I, I was back in my 11th or 12th grade when it comes to movies, and how much you know, uh, more movies can uh, incorporate in you and every time i go back to that movie there's something which i haven't figured out or found out the last time
1: i think that movie for me is godfather like i watched it in 10th grade like it had unfortunately i watched it on tv because like but then i had watched it because i was i didn't know i just wanted to watch a movie and i watched that the godfather was on i started watching it and um I realized later on that there was obviously like, I I obviously rewatched the movie again, like after like watching it, or, like I downloaded it or something. But then at the time for me, the entire, my entire perception of like, I, I think that's why I'm like a sucker for gang movies now, but like at the mm-hmm. time I was just after that entire final scene with the door closing and everything. It just, it just hits me different. Like every time yeah, I see that movie.
2: It's it's when you rewatch it and you realize that there was so much that you did not know about that movie, mm-hmm. and that there was so much you uh, did not know about the many movies you had watched till then, and there's so much you can still learn. That, that's when you start, you know, delving and going out actively finding more stuff. At least in my case, that was a, that was a thing.
0: that is kind of the case with like most people like when you see one movie that like sticks with you that makes you think out of the box of what it's made to think then you try to search out for new things and that's how you develop a taste for good cinema if you can say that i don't know but yeah so yeah that i guess with that we'll end up this episode thank you guys for watching and stay tuned for like more episodes like this and let us know how you feel about the episode in our Instagram at VITC. At VITC. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: That was a good reverb, Chris. Excellent reverb. Real-time <laughs> Sorry. reverb. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> Continue. Also, don't forget to follow us on the streaming platforms that you're listening to so that you get your updates right when they are up. So with that, this is PJ.
1: And this is Chris Kokat.
0: And cut.